Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and in today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome Nick Nicolas as my guest. Nick is technical director of Genesis Water Treatment, an award-winning leader in specialized drinking water, wastewater treatment, and reuse solutions. In this episode, Nick will share why companies should consider sustainability as a priority, especially in shaky times, and how GWT guides the typical plant manager I will be role-playing today through this transformative process. He'll warn us from three pitfalls industrials keep entangling themselves into, and he'll share some project insights into a recent PFAS removal process he was working on. This and much more is on our agenda for today, right after our sponsor's introduction. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. Hi, Nick, and welcome to the show. I'm glad having you, and I'm also pretty happy to be able to go on the other side of the ocean this morning, because you're sitting in Orlando right now, right? That's correct. That's correct. So let's start with the postcard. Just describe me how beautiful the weather is on your end of the world. Right now, it's basically uh, partly cloudy skies in the range uh, of approximately about 27 uh, to 30 Celsius. Looking fairly well. I'm glad we don't have any uh, hurricanes right now that, that are uh, affecting us. That's another good thing on this part of the world is during these months, it's typically uh, you know, a lot of um, uh, tropical storms and hurricanes. So we're in the clear right now. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. That's good to hear. And now let me do a crappy transition, but somehow a hurricane is a kind of genesis. See what I did? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so maybe can you start by pitching us your company? Sure. Uh, genesis Water Technologies, or, or GWT as we say in acronym, is a global water treatment engineering solutions company with manufacturing capabilities. We are headquartered in uh, Maitland, Florida, which is just north of Orlando in the U.S. We do have a presence as well in Southeast Asia, South America, and Sub-Saharan Africa at this point. Basically, uh, that's in a nutshell in terms of uh, Genesis presence here in the U.S. as well as uh, overseas. So how do you work? Is it like uh, technical advice comes from the headquarters and gets spread worldwide? Or each office has is kind of independent. Yeah, so basically each office typically has uh, independence in terms of uh, business development and implementation of the business strategy that comes from headquarters. And they each have basically their own localized design team with um, main design and technology coming from uh, the U.S. side. And so you're working in the headquarters. So what's your role exactly? So my role is a technical director in our company, basically, and part of the executive team would be basically a technical director, or you can say managing director sometimes, but ours is our lead role as technical director. And then above that, we have our board. And then below that, it's basically the regional regional managers of each of the 
offices in Southeast Asia, South America, and Sub-Saharan Africa, and then their relevant teams. So you've mentioned your presence, but what sets you apart in this world of water and wastewater treatment? What's your secret sauce? So basically, uh, you know, Genesis Water Technologies, what we do essentially is solve contaminated water problems worldwide um, with cost-effective and efficient solutions. And those are both uh, systems and services for both industrial organizations and water utilities. And within that, GWT basically solves these problems through three different solution categories. And those um, solution categories basically are broken up into our process optimization engineering services, our specialized modular treatment system solutions, which integrates AI technology or artificial intelligence technology, and our treatment medias. So those basically are composed of uh, specific flocculants, treatment granular medias, and our disinfection chemical called uh, GenClean. So does that come in a specific order that you would start, for instance, with process optimization, then grow that into modular treatment and end up with the treatment media? Or is it fully three different kind of things you can do, totally unrelated? Mm -hmm. So basically, it's both based on the, uh, the needs of the client. Sometimes the, the client just need one of those specific solution categories. In other cases, as you mentioned, we go through each one of the steps which would be the engineering optimization first, and then the implementation of the, the, the treatment system. And then follow on to that would be the, we call them consumables, which would be the treatment medias, flocculants, or the uh, chain clean disinfection. So I think this leads us quite smoothly into our deep dive, because what I would propose you is a kind of role play. Let's assume I am one of your prospects or lead, I'm an industrial owner, it's nice because in my fantasy, I can create like factories where I'm running those factories, but, but it's cool. I'm an industrial plant manager. Let's start from the very roots of it. Why should I bother about water sustainability? Now, that's, that's an interesting question. Why should you bother? What we do is uh, we'll, we'll take that from um, basically what is uh, sustainability and what is water sustainability. Um, and then we'll go into why should you care or why should you bother? Well, first, sustainability, we can break that down into three foundational elements. One would be social, next would be economical, and the last one would be environmental. So traditional business models, they aim to basically create value for shareholders, often at the expense of other stakeholders. But in this case, with the sustainable businesses, uh, they basically are redefining the corporate ecosystem by designing models that create value for both stakeholders as well as shareholders. Those include employees, shareholders, their supply chain, civil society, and the planet at large. So when you're looking at a key strategic value of water sustainability, well, that comes from the need to continually talk with and learn from key stakeholders, right? So through continuous dialogue with the stakeholders and continuous improvement, a company with a sustainability agenda is then better positioned to anticipate and react to economic change, to social, environmental, and regulatory changes as they arise and with a heightened sense of concern for each one of those areas. 
these issues, they have a dramatic social and financial impact on the company itself, uh, its operations and risk management. So taking this approach, why should you bother? Well, you should bother because it, it dramatically affects both the social impact of the particular plant that, that you're, you're operating or plants, as well as the financial impact of the firm itself. So basically, it makes me stronger if I start launching this kind of initiative because it makes me, of course, sustainable over the long run. Mm -hmm. That's correct. I guess I have to start from somewhere. So do I have to identify myself, the kind of problems that I would have? Or maybe can you be a helping hand and help me make a diagnosis of what could be done better? Yes, um, so definitely uh, we would help in terms of identifying first the advantages or benefits to sustainability for you. So that would first essentially be the process optimization. So we would look at, okay, what are the benefits or impact that you can generate from these sustainable uh, initiatives? And then from there, uh, look at well, how you can implement them and how you can uh, sustain them into the future. I think I skipped an important step. I didn't define myself, my identity. What would be the perfect persona for you? What kind of industry can reap the most benefits of this sustainability approach? Well, we could say probably the main industries that we could look at are energy sector and the pulp and paper sector. Those particular industry sectors typically have the greatest amount of, of impact for sustainability initiatives, and they're generally the largest consumers of water in industry. So targeting uh, those specific industry sectors would definitely benefit both the industry client as well as the uh, impact for, uh, for the environment and, and uh, social impact of the surrounding society. So let's take the principle that I'm from the energy sector. What I'm wondering is what could be my level of self-consciousness today about my water usage. How is it in this kind of industry? Is it like they are perfectly aware of what they are doing with water or do you also have to educate them a bit to help them see what's invisible to them? That's correct. So basically there is a, a education step. First, uh, essentially it would be that, that initial education, making them aware of what they're dealing with, what are the impacts of these invisible things that they, they may not see. And that's always the, the first step is education. Upon that, then you can basically uh, further define what, what the specific strategies are once the education process has been understood. So when you do process optimization, that has to start from the fact that I have a process. So basically you come and watch what I'm doing or you have kind of supervision, you leverage, uh, you mentioned AI, you mentioned IoT, is it this kind of stuff which I have to envision or how do you do that? Yeah, so basically what we do in, in that uh, first step of optimization is look at your current process. So with your current process, it can be uh, you know a myriad of things. We analyze it, is the current process that you have now and look at, well, how can we optimize that current process? So um, basically that's viewing the process itself Uh, viewing the, uh, the water analysis at each stage uh, of the process. And then that's where in that second, uh, basically second phase, when, when we do the recommendation for a system solutions, uh, we're able to integrate 
AI within the programs and the specific systems to optimize the treatment process for those particular clients. That is basically your second step, the modular treatment, advanced modular treatment step. So now let's assume that my diagnosis is done. You found out that there are some optimization which can be done on the plant. So you would run directly into that modular treatment, right? That's correct. So after that first step, we diagnosed uh, what, what we can optimize. We look at the impact uh, of the changes on operating cost, um, those other parameters related to uh, water quality, et cetera. And then that, that second step, we basically go into uh, treatability. And that treatability, basically, it looks at um, basically a bench test. And from that bench test, we can either determine if it's something that we have done previously and are confident in the results. Uh, we can go from the lab test all the way to a full-scale system, or we can go from a bench test to a small-scale system and then, then, then full-scale system at that point. Why is your catalog of things you've already done where you can say uh, you're confident to directly jump from the bench test to the full-scale? Basically, when, when we analyze those results, we're able to, uh, based on our experience, and jump into that full-scale uh, knowing um, with confidence that uh, those parameters will be achieved. So it's really, it's an industry where you've already been working with or the kind of water you've already seen. What would be the leading parameter? Basically two parameters that you mentioned, both experience in the sector, as well as experience uh, with that particular uh, water quality profile. Okay, so let's assume, I mean, both cases would work actually, but when you say that you start making a small scale or going down to the full scale, that means some equipment, that means some actual process treatment steps. Is it something that you deliver or is it a place where you play a consulting role? Basically, in this stage, this second phase, basically the, the provision of equipment. So what we would do is we would provide both our GWT technology as well as any auxiliary technology would be integrated in that particular system process, new system process to maximize the benefits that were witnessed in the process optimization report. So you act as an engineering, procurement, and construction company. Yeah, so what we do in that phase, we are not contractors, but we work with local implementation partners, our contractors, to basically install uh, the treatment solutions at the client site. So that means that you have this process knowledge, you have some proprietary technologies, and then for the rest, you are building a team, as I would say, for each project with local people and also other technologies. That's correct. That's correct. So you mentioned that you're doing optimization, but when you're doing optimization, you have to optimize according to certain parameters. So what would be these indicators that you can take to say what you're doing is working, or maybe there's still some further improvement to do? What we do is basically we have questions surrounding what we call uh, key performance indicators. And basically these questions include, is water an important topic for the company or for the site? What is the amount of water used? Does the, the company or sites have or, or can foresee water-related or water-induced problems? How critical is water for uh, production, volume, or quality? And what opportunities are there for water savings and efficiency improvements? Another one are what are the costs for water treatment and you know, what are the opportunities for cost reduction? 
so when we look at the at those particular questions, then we go into, okay, how do we measure those particular questions? And those are the KPIs or key performance indicators. And those basically are, um, you know, what is the total water usage of this particular uh, client's uh, plant or client uh, treatment process? Uh, what are the demands for this particular process and flow rates and water quality, regulatory, water parameters that need to be involved? What is the, the water demand for this particular uh, client process? Is there a demand for cooling water? Is there a demand for other non-potable uses such as irrigation or other uses uh, of this particular um, water? What is the cost for, for inlet water into the plant? How is that uh, accounted for? What is the wastewater volume? And uh, basically, what, finally, what is the cost for water outlet treatment? So that would be, uh, okay, including the cost of handling uh, residues such as sludge, concentrates. Those are, are the particular KPIs that would be identified in order to uh, make a proper decision. So let's assume I'm trying to make a reuse project. So I have some wastewater and I'm not very happy with my total consumption because I have to take much water from the network. And at the other end, I'm just rejecting too much wastewater. So I'd like to close a bit that loop. Mm -hmm. So I guess one key performance indicator will be on how much I'm able to recycle. Correct. First, just out of curiosity, what's the amount, which is, let's say, an industry benchmark today, how much would a typical industrial energy user like me, I mean, someone from the sector of energy, how much would I be reusing already? Um, typically, uh, these particular uh, particular en energy end users need work in terms of their water reuse initiatives. And a lot of times, they um, typically are reusing uh, less than 10% in certain cases. So there's definitely uh, room for improvement in your sector. So that sounds like a good start. I mean, if I'm reusing only 10% of my water, of course, there's some way to go. So what do you watch? What do you take on your watch in order to then bring me some process optimization? So what we would do right there basically is, uh, again, uh, analyze your, your process uh, that's concerned, then determine based on that, okay, well, how much can we increase that percentage to meet both your requirements as well as stay within a realm of cost parameters to make it economically justifiable for you to reuse. I think you've said kind of a magic word with this uh, economically viable aspect, because I guess many kind of process might be able to solve my issue, but what's going to be the deciding factor is going to be the economics of that. So I get it that I'm a sustainable and socially responsible company. So I'm willing to make some changes, but not fully at the cost of my profitability. How economically viable would it be for me to go from 10% reuse to, I don't know, 60% reuse? Is it something which needs a lot of willpower? Or can you convince me with maybe hard economical facts that it's also in my upper interest to move to that? Yes, um, that, that's a key step of the that first process, which is the optimization. We're able to look at, okay, you can move from 10% to let's say uh, you know, 60%, and this, this will be the cost savings for you to move up to that specific uh, percentage and maintaining the uh, economic viability of the particular initiative. Of course, uh, that plays into what is my cost of water outlet 
and how that plays a role in the economic viability of the particular initiative. So there must be also some external factors like an incentive from the local government saying that you should not reject that much, which will give a higher cost to my wastewater. Or do you say that without incentives, with the state of today's technology, it's already viable to reuse almost a full stream? This is, of course, based on, on location. Certain locations have uh, different regulations and is basically what we say regulation-driven in accordance with uh, you know, their uh, wanting to become uh, more uh, more responsibly sustainable. So what we look at is, okay, based on the location, determine the feasibility of their reuse efforts based on other external factors as well, such as scarcity or issues relating to what their inputs are, water costs, which is another key factor in their reuse initiative. Okay, so I think you've convinced me that I need to do something about this reuse. And I'd like to go back to your process aspect. You mentioned that you have a kind of part of it, which is the proprietary technology and some other stuff which you might take from partnering companies. But what's the core of GWT's technology? What is your portfolio and where are you at home? So basically, uh, what is the core of our portfolio? Well, core of our portfolio on, on a system side is basically uh, both in, in, in two realms. One realm for industry is we look at basically the uh, secondary treatment and, and uh, tertiary treatment, basically where our advantages are. And secondary treatment, we're looking at um, specialized uh, technology similar to electrochemistry, uh, utilizing uh, those particular uh, advantages uh, with that specific technology, using uh, advanced oxidation uh, technologies that are both cost effective being able to. Uh, Uh, delivered via chemical feed pump or uh, um, some uh, electrochemical way. In the last, in the tertiary stage, is our membrane technology. Each one of these technologies uh, that I mentioned, they all basically utilize um, artificial intelligence parameters or logic within their uh, system controllers um, to optimize the, the treatment performance at each one of these stages. So can you describe me a bit how that works, this advanced artificial intelligence sensors that you have? Is it really in the sensor side? Is it in the, on the controller side? Where does it lie, this AI? Um, it lies in, um, in the controller itself. So basically, uh, it's, it's a logarithmic algorithm. And that algorithm basically um, calculates, uh, continuously calculates accordingly based on the uh, parameters of, of the particular water quality. So that's that's how it's able to optimize both the uh, operating costs and, and the, the treatment performance of each one of the um, uh, technologies. So you're taking off-the-shelf sensors, you build them together with your technology to make like a, a skidded or I mean a, a treatment solution. And on top of that, you program your controllers to have some AI inside so that they can have a watch on the various parameters of the plant in order to still have this optimized way of running it. That's correct. That's correct. So what's the level of optimization you are reaching? Is it advices or do you also automate kind of the optimization you're doing? Yeah. So basically it's, uh, it's automated. Uh, each of the systems are automated via a uh, programmable logic uh, controller. And they each have um, a human machine interface with the capability of um, remote monitoring. 
that remote monitoring typically is, is via a um, internet connection through a secure uh, web dashboard. So they're able to monitor the particular uh, you know, system performance parameters either locally at the system itself or remotely at, um, you know, let's say a control room or, or, a, or another, um, another location. So just for me to understand, to have a practical example, let's assume I have an ultrafiltration step from GWT. What exactly are you monitoring? Is it the folding of the membrane? Is it the backwash cycles? Is it the aging of the membrane? On which kind of lever can you act? So basically what we're doing is monitoring the, uh, the water quality and, and its effects in, in the, the particular um, uh, membrane itself and on the uh, treated water performance. So in that controller, able to basically optimize the, uh, the cleaning cycle or backwash cycle to uh, accommodate those variations based on uh, a varying inlet water quality. Okay. So once we've decided on the process, we've decided on the way to treat all of that, let's assume also that I'm digging into an area where you are in industry where you would directly go to a full scale. Now we come to the point of time where you need to actually install it on my premises. How does that work? So you mentioned that you are working with a contractor. So I guess the contractor is the one installing on site and you do the supervision. Did I understand that right? That's correct. That's correct. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, the uh, qualified contractors that we work with are the implementation contractors. So they would be basically implementing uh, the systems in, according to uh, the system process diagrams that are provided by DWT. And we provide basically the supervision and uh, commissioning of uh, each one of the, the systems themselves. So they also do the commissioning and they do the transfer to the end user. And you then can come back in operation because you can also go to the remote monitoring step where you have a watch of the process. That's correct. And, and the remote monitoring, uh, that's uh, typically an agreement that, um, that is provided to the client as a service. So it basically allows for a continuous engagement with, with the, the, the client over a long time to assess their, uh, their ongoing needs accordingly. And so that's where the third part of your business unit comes in because you have that uh, treatment media aspect. So I guess that's more on the consumables and the operation side of things. And there you can also support the customers on an ongoing basis. That's correct. So uh, with that uh, client in- in- engagement, we're able to then um, provide uh, those ongoing um, consumable items such as your uh, your treatment media or the flocklint or our uh, gin clean uh, and disinfection products to uh, maintain their operation in the best way. Okay, so I think with that, I'm pretty confident that we started with a good reason to do it. We developed the right process, you scaled it, we took it into operation, it's working. I have all of that working very smoothly. So thanks for that and our example that works pretty nice. Now let's assume I wasn't that lucky and maybe I wasn't involved with you from the very beginning. What are, from your experience, the three pitfalls that keep coming in the way of people like me launching a sustainability initiative? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Three uh, pitfalls to avoid, uh, we would advise, uh, would be to be aware of the wastewater quality. Now, those variations in wastewater quality can be detrimental on uh, wastewater reuse initiatives because uh, if you don't use the right uh, 
technology and the right approach from the operating cost can basically destroy the the wastewater reuse initiative and the feasibility of that particular initiative that you're trying to achieve. The second one, we would look to be aware of ever-changing regulatory requirements and their effects on the economic viability of uh, the wastewater reuse initiatives. And that's one thing to, to be very keen to look for. The last one we would advise would be to understand the advantages and disadvantages of uh, wastewater reuse and their impact on the key performance indicators. Those uh, basically are the keys to have a successful, economically viable uh, wastewater reuse initiative. So basically, your number one is on the wastewater quality, which means basically if I'm shit in, shit out, if I may say so, if I don't have the right data, of course, I have low chances to get it straight. The changing regulation as well is something I understand quite well, is that, of course, we live in an evolving environment. But on the perks, I mean, advantages and, and cons of wastewater reuse, you mean that I have to have a high level of consciousness about what I'm doing right now. Did I understand this one right? That's correct. That's correct. So does it happen that sometimes I need a helping hand? Like, I'm not absolutely sure what's good for me or what's bad for me. And then can you be that third part, which is kind of agnostic and can help me with that? Yes, that's definitely, that's why we start with uh, with our step one, which is the process optimization, because a lot of times you you don't know what you need or or the advantage or, or disadvantages of of um, you know, particular uh, technologies and their impacts on your your initiative. So that's where we play um, a key first role in helping you evaluate the, those particular uh, aspects first. Okay, so that's like at the hospital. You don't go directly to get a cure. You have to start with the diagnosis. Makes sense. <laughs> so I think that's pretty it for this deep dive. So if it's fine with you, Nick, and thanks for helping me as an industrial, I'd like to switch to the rapid fire questions. Sure, sure. It's time for the rapid fire questions. So in this last section, I try to keep the, the questions short. So you, you can also try to keep the answers short. But of course, I don't shut down the microphone. So if you need to explain a bit more, I'm more than happy to hear from you. So my first question would be, what is the most exciting project you've been working on and why? The most exciting project that we've been working on is actually a um, water use project. This particular project uh, uh, basically uh, involves one of the uh, emerging contaminants that we have seen uh, now in the U.S. and in other places across the world, and that is um, PFAS compounds. These particular compounds, uh, they're... They're basically called uh, forever compounds because uh, they don't uh, degrade as as easily as other particular compounds found in, in nature. So they require a, a multi-step process, uh, and the process has to be economical in nature, um, but also be able to uh, uh, to handle these particular um, compounds. So. We found uh, this uh, particular uh, product to be uh, intriguing and uh, yet uh, satisfying. Now I'm curious, what did you use as a process to remove these PFAS? Basically, what, what we found uh, is uh, we used our GenClean 
Uh, GenClean is basically our new advanced oxidation liquid product. It basically, uh, uh, we were able to, to develop this particular um, liquid advanced oxidation process to work hand in hand with a granular activated carbon absorption system to basically reduce uh, the uh, PFAS compounds uh, within water and at a, a justifiable cost, which uh, was, uh, was the key to, to that particular initiative is uh, economically justifiable. Nice, because I'm hearing that's the concern and it's not that often that people come up and saying, well, we found a solution plus economically viable. So it looks like you're real on something. Interesting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So what's your favorite part of your current job? Uh, the favorite part of my current job is uh, the consistently changing uh, uh, landscape of, uh, of water and wastewater. It's never uh, never something that, uh, that is staying um, uh, static. It's a, a dynamic industry. You know, that's, that's what we foresee for the ongoing future is uh, one of the most uh, favorite parts of, of this particular uh, job. So in this dynamic industry, What is the trend to watch out? The trend to watch out is basically uh, ongoing uh, moves to uh, to sustainability initiatives, paying close attention to uh, to issues around um, water scarcity, uh, climate change, and, and, and regulatory impact. I mean, how how those uh, play a role in in uh, the impact of uh, organizations and utilities worldwide. What is the thing you care the most? And what's the one you care the least when you're designing a new product or process? So what we care the most um, basically is um, on two things. We look at what is the, um, the treatment efficiency of this particular product and you know the, the, the demand of the, the client to, to want to treat this particular thing. Um, the second is uh, coming back to the uh, financial viability uh, of the particular product for the client. So those are the two key aspects of, uh, of looking at uh, designing a new product or process for us. But what is the one that you would care the less? Basically looking at, um, is this particular uh, product a uh, you know, larger or, or small scale? We don't necessarily um, uh, care about that. We just care about um, what the need is for the client. So we don't, we don't necessarily care uh, how big or, or how, how small scale the, the, uh, the particular system needs to be as long as, it, it, as it's a, uh, a problem that is shared by, um, by many uh, industry clients. Okay. Do you have sources to recommend to keep up with the water and wastewater market and the trends? Yes, yeah, so we do have uh, some sources to recommend. Um, these are particular uh, um, publications and uh, industry reports. Um, these would come from such sources as, uh, of course, our, our particular uh, thought leadership blog, which is uh, our, our GWT thought leadership blog, as well as other uh, industry sources such as Water Online. United Nations has a great uh, sustainability goals report, which has a section on, on water sustainability objectives. Those are really uh, good to look at and provide uh, very good useful information. Are you a surfer? No, not, not, not a surfer, but uh, I can I can't say that I have tried it. Not the best at it, but... Uh, I'm asking because I saw you sharing uh, some articles from surfer.com. 
And I was wondering if you, because it was about sustainability and it was about water treatment, so it made fully sense. But I was just wondering if you happen to stumble upon them by accident or if you are actually a surfer. So now I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was actually something that you know, I stumbled upon and, and, and I was looking at, uh, you know, at that and I think, oh, this, this, and this definitely applies and, and, uh, and see the logic in it. So let me share. So actually, you didn't mention your own LinkedIn account, but uh, I'm going to add that into the sources, which you could recommend, because it's interesting. Of course, the, there's your blog, which is interesting as well. But uh, on top of the blog, you're also sharing a lot of other contents to do a nice curation. And it's interesting to follow you at this. So I, I would recommend that to the listeners. And of course, I'm putting all the links you mentioned into the, the episode notes. Yes, uh, de definitely. Thank you for uh, for bringing that up because uh, you know I do share uh, quite a lot of content uh, on uh, on LinkedIn, and and it's it would be great for people to follow that and uh, get some uh, great knowledge along the way. So, Nick, I have a last question for you, which is: Would you have someone to recommend that I should definitely invite on that same microphone anytime soon? Yes, definitely. I have um, a couple of uh, of interesting. Uh, interesting guests that, 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 I, that I think that uh, could be definitely applicable. And I'll definitely uh, share that with you here in the next coming weeks. Okay. So you don't want to risk it to tell it at that microphone. Okay. I get it. So that those must be really intriguing and, and nice guests. So I'm <laughs> looking forward. That's true. That's, that's definitely, definitely true. Don't want to step on, uh, on toes or, or, or commit them uh, <laughs> uh, prematurely. Um, but uh Definitely, uh, that will be something uh, to, to move forward with. I understand. So Nick, you've been an awesome guest and uh, thanks a lot for that. I hope that people will have as much fun listening to you than I had discussing with you. And I wish you a, a nice day going on from there and with my French accent to the other side of the Atlantic. <laughs> no, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm great, uh, great to, to listen to you and, uh, and share these uh, American uh, French uh, uh, dialects uh, you know, as we cross the pond here. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time. Thank you.